Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Dual skill Mortal Kombat is pretty good. Uh, yeah, get over here into my heart more like. Um, the thing is, is that like, uh, we're just, just going to launch right into this and we're going to we do, do the classic thing that we do on every single uh, UBP, 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 uh, which is not answer the questions uh, provided to us by the lovely audience, well, but instead give basically, I've noticed we've been doing this a lot, mm. video game reviews in short form content <laughs> right here. We give we give free reviews on the UBP for the brand new games that come out. So the let's do more combat one. Yeah, free, 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 free reviews. Free well, reviews. I want to mention, I did get a question because I, interviewed uh, lovely Ed Boone this week. I don't want to plug I it out. I saw much. you, cheeky man. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, when it came together, they reached out and they were just like, oh, we've got Ed Boone. You can have 10 minutes with him. And I was like, I'll take that. I absolutely love Ed Boone. I love Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like walking up to him with a rose in hand. <laughs> like, hello, Ed. <laughs> Please, sir. Yeah. And so they were like, you can have 10 minutes with him um, and we'll set it up and everything and we'll give you the video afterwards and you can make videos out of it and everything. I was like, awesome. I really, really love that. Yeah. Thank you very much. I didn't tell anyone because I'm always of the mind that I'll believe it when I see it. And what okay, things fair. fall apart, yeah, 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 even yeah, when yeah. I'm going on holiday, I won't believe I'm there till I step off the plane and I'm like, okay, that's Japan, right? It's right there. I'm I mean, I'd here. start believing it when I'm in the plane, you know, yeah. or like, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I then, maybe believe it, you know, believe it a few hours before that. I've seen Lost, things can go sideways. <laughs> so I'm always just like, I'm very much believe it when I see it kind of person. So when Ed, when Ed Boone was literally on the call with me, I was like, right, I'm definitely seeing him. It's definitely recording it. Cool. And yeah. even then, um, I didn't tell people, I waited. And then it was like three hours later, they hadn't sent the video through. And bless Cameo oh, PR, man. Cameo Pro, they're called. Um, really awesome team. They're really, really lovely. And it was a genuine mistake. And that's completely fine like it genuinely is it happens all the time right but, um, but they rang and just said we're really really sorry <clears throat> but the video side of things when you were recording um just didn't come through on our end so oh, we actually no. don't have the video oh, no. so and i thought that everything was lost i was like, oh my god only i know that i talked yeah, to ed boone. yeah, yeah. But, and, and obviously we wouldn't have believed you, you know, we'd be like, no. like oh scott was talking to ed boone again oh, Kojima, yeah. Were you? yeah whatever <laughs> and so it's one of those things and then they messaged and they were like oh we've got the audio we salvaged the audio so you can have the audio and i was like okay there's proof that it happened so then it was like okay, okay, okay. let's make some animations let's like and then Dan Durkin, our phenomenal editor, made a really cool little animation of me as Scorpion. It's Scorpion with my head, and then Sub Zero and Ed Boon's oh, head. So cool! And it's just us like standing on the the screen, fighting, uh, waiting to fight each other. Um, and it's just how, all the audio. How was it speaking to him? Like he's lovely. He's like one of your childhood icons. Though. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's like, like, he's like, were you nervous? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm all right once once I get going with interviews like mm. I've done enough of them at this point and like it's one of those things where like it's always the bit just before you connect where I'm the most like oh my god I'm just you're kind of anxious you're just waiting to get stuck into it yeah it, it's that little bit it's that little sort of five ten minute window where you're just waiting to connect and you know you're just counting down the minutes and you can't start anything else or do anything else 
that's that's the moment it becomes real for you. That's Kinda, what we were just talking yeah. about. That is the reality. Yeah, but I want to super quickly just plug that interview because I did, I was like, I get 10 minutes with him. It's Ed Boone. I'm going to ask him all the stuff that I want to know about. Yeah. So I asked him about um, the cancelled Mortal Kombat reboot that was talked about in the late 2000s when he wanted to make it way more realistic and then it didn't yes. happen because yes. the company went under and they did mm-hmm, the reboot mm-hmm. in 2011 instead. So I asked him about that. Um, I asked him about Shaolin Monks being remade or a sequel to it. <laughs> um, I asked him about um, Injustice 3, what's happening with that. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I knew that obviously it's, it's a promotional interview in the guts of it. Like the whole reason that yeah, it exists yeah, is to sure, promote sure. a new one. So I was like, I'm going to ask about his new favorite fatality in MK1, which I did want to know about, and um, and stuff like what's your favorite change and, and things like that for the yeah. new timeline. So it's a really fun interview. It's it's only like ten minutes, um, but it's very packed. It's very much in in chunks because I, I literally opened the interview by praising the hell out of him and then saying before he barely had a chance to say anything, I was like, I'm going to go as fast as I can because I've got all these <laughs> things to talk about. And, uh, and he was just kind of smiling and laughing and stuff. He was really lovely. Oh, bless him. So um, so it was very nice. It's very very surreal to talk to one of your childhood heroes. Yeah, congratulations, but, man. That thank is a big, you. That's a big tick off the bucket list there. It is, it definitely is. Next stop, Kojima. I'm coming for Yeah, him. I was about to say, you try Couldn't and pin find that him in his office, down. I mean, what's the point of even bringing questions to an interview like that with him? You'd probably just be like sitting there, sipping wine out of a, out of a hat. like, out of like an upside like, down right, skull. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you'd be like, be like, what's going on? He's like, that's exactly what I want you to feel. Yeah, what's uh, going fear. on? Is whatever, whatever you feel right now. Um, but yeah, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions, talking points, etc. I had a few people asking about the Ed Boon interview. Um, sure. Yeah, genuinely awesome. It was incredible. Um, a spinoff from that was Willie Araya saying, do either of us have a bucket list of people that we would love to interview? Who would, ah. who would, and is Kojima my holy grail? Yeah, I guess it probably is. Um, who would you have? Who's your gaming holy grail? That's a tough one. I may I tell you what who I would like to because mm. I feel like it's been a culmination of a like a grudge match nemesis thing. I'd like to sit down and chat to Peter Molyneux. But right. I wouldn't like that to be I wouldn't I wouldn't want there to be cameras. I wouldn't want there to be a recording devices. I just want to sit down there, talk to him, mano a mano and just be like, yeah. "What are you on about?" <laughs> What, 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 listen, 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 geese. Like, what are you on about? You could do a whole then, series of like, what's blah on about? I, I honestly think that like, if you get him behind closed doors, that he would just like, it would be like his shoulders would relax. He'd finally mm. just be like, ah. Oh. The version of him that like his family he, sees at Christmas. And he'd stop pretending. And he'd be like, listen, I, I, I don't know what I'm even saying. I get up there and I just get drunk on the lights, mate. I, I don't know what's going on. I just say stuff Peter, and I look honest. over. I look over to people and they nod or they shake their head and I just do the opposite of that. And it's just. And th- th- you could do a, such a, a great skit with him just being off his face where he's like, I had you all convinced there was a kid leaving the Connect. Remember when you yeah. were going to talk to the Connect? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this is the thing, like, like are you, de- you never ever want to, for like liable or anything like that, say mm. that X is a, is a liar or something like that. Like, But but there are certain fibs that were all <laughs> truth-stretching moments that have been populated <laughs> his career more than anyone else. Yes. And the thing is, is that the man is... He is a genius. Like there is like amazing concepts there. And he's just always ahead of the curve before technology Mm. is able to do that. Like Mm. if he brought Milo back today, it's doable. We have like AI voices generation. We have webcams and stuff. You could literally do all of that like now anyway. Like his ideas are fundamentally brilliant. That whole thing of like, oh, I'm going to simplify combat by putting it all onto one button. It sounds insane, but mm. if you do it right, it would have been amazing. I but like that case, in Fable too. But that's the thing. Like, he's got great ideas. It's mm-hmm. just, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's the No Man's Sky thing of like, the PR gets away from him. The beast is uncaged. He just says slightly the wrong thing. And yeah. unfortunately, he doesn't know when to capture it back and redial it in because he doesn't want to be the guy who says no. He just wants no, to be, he's, yes, yes, yes. He's very addicted to the hype cycle and, and that, that portion of game development where anything's possible. I think that's the bit that he thrives on where it's like, oh my goodness, we're going to do this and this and this. And oh my God, can you believe it? And then like, it's like, you know, it needs to come together at some point. Like hands down, I genuinely think that having a pint with him would be so enthralling yeah. because imagine the idea 
ideas that he couldn't get to the table. Like, <laughs> if these are the mad things that he managed to get off the ground, what was the stuff he was thinking about that he couldn't do? Well, I love the fact, it's a fact with him, that he just bantered his way into the industry. He was yeah. called by accident. Someone wanted a PC repair or something, and he like just pretended he could do that and then went to the office and then like got into uh, game development by just pretending he could. It was like so he, someone rang the wrong person, and he ended up going for this like fake interview thing. And he just said, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can make that. This whatever. He's like Hitman. He's like Agent 47, just, just yeah, nodding yeah, yeah. and being just, like, yeah, I can do all that. Straight in. Yeah, just blend right. He just walks right <laughs> through the game studio and like makes it out with a whole career somehow. But um, you know, the worst thing about it is, though, is that like out of all of his games that shouldn't have been cancelled that I actually even got to play and thought was good was mm. that Fable Legends game mm-hmm. that asymmetrical thing was still just taking off at that point because Evolve was around the corner around the same time as it mm. and they shut a production on what would have actually been a Fable game that would have got into the hands of millions potentially and actually mm-hmm. saved the entire franchise as a result mm-hmm. and it's the one thing that I'm like you actually had a good idea and you executed it well here <laughs> but, but, but now we can't play it. Oh. Well, it's like they had so many like opportunities. That was the whole beginning of the Xbox One generation. It it's was like, yeah, at the yeah. minute. Um, I don't know if you, are you keeping up with all the Xbox leaks stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like everything all, from that. that. And like the amount of like emails <clears throat> from Phil Spencer, like acknowledging internally that like they they all of last year they had nothing and like how empty their slate is and they need to do better, they need to regroup and he's like messaging the different like heads of the various sections, just saying, Don't give me windows of release, give me specific stuff. We can't yeah. just keep talking about vagaries anymore. Um and just how like kind of ridiculous that whole era has been. But it kind of it does all come full circle because if they launched with let's say Scalebound and Fable, I know those games like apparently yeah. weren't finished and we don't know what reality they were in. Um yeah. but there is an alternate reality where they launched the X Xbox One with Fable Legends, with Scalebound, and then they had um, Sunset Overdrive, and then they had Halo 5, and it's like they had like momentum that they just don't have right now. But here's my counterpoint to that. We would have Mm. been having a very different discussion if Halo Infinite was better received, because if they had just one exclusive and then would point everything back towards that, they'd be like, look, listen, we don't have as many like exclusives as Sony or Nintendo. That's Mm. true. But we have the best one. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how they marked it. But because it didn't, they were just like, oh, no, the bridge has collapsed and we haven't built anything to get around. It's like like so ridiculous. Nuts as well, because I love Starfield. I think that's that's not my game of the year, but it's way up there. Like, I loved my time with that thing and I've I've put like 80 hours into it but it's not Baldur's Gate 3 and it's not no. as impressive as Baldur's Gate 3 and it's not it's no. not even as like give it to anyone and they'll get it as Baldur's Gate 3 yeah. like you know you give someone Starfield and they'll just stumble around for a few hours because it, it doesn't really kick in for about five hours and it is awkward and it is a, it is an old school Bethesda RPG mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it but it's one of those things where it doesn't feel as immediate or, or as um, you know like instant or whatever as like you know, a lot of these other top tier exclusives that's why I liked um, the Outer Worlds you know when Obsidian did mm. their sci-fi thing because even though that game definitely had it shortcomings mm-hmm. like with small maps and like limited scope of what you could do in uh, in the grander scheme of things mm-hmm. um the way that it started was ama- amazing because it just goes yeah. here's a character drop you in cool action go 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 ship done and now you're free mm-hmm. and it's like cool you've onboarded players really really well and quickly and given them a choice to either go to the starting town and go through a lot of like basic quests to understand how this game works or fly off in your ship and go mm-hmm. somewhere completely different and i was like, like the, the cool. first like big moral thing they drop you into is a really good like dispute yeah. over like workers rights and allocation yeah, of resources exactly. and exactly. whether to side with the business and everything else like it's it, it's immediately the dna of what you want from that kind of game and starfield is full of that but you've kind of got to go searching for it a bit um but yeah it's a weird thing just i mean we've got questions about xbox stuff um, yeah, but it just like in gone, general come from Mortal Kombat, <laughs> where we're going to provide a review then to where boone interview then says classic by the way by the way i'm jules this is scott this i didn't is even easy. say i <laughs> yeah jules gill i'm scott Taylor. the uh Mortal Kombat, it's worth saying is brilliant i mean I, at the minute i've been completely sideswiped by Baldur's Gate. I've just okay. played like 20 hours of that in like three days. 
It so. is it is brilliant, but there is the jewels, big caveats, uh, asterisk marks on it. Um, the combat is great; it flows mm. really well. I'm in, re- really enjoying the uh, the cameos. I think that that's a fantastic addition. Obviously, there's a lot the of people that are like, um, yes. Okay, okay. So I have blitzed through the story on this one there, and I mm. think that it is the most. Uh, fan servicey, crazy, over the top thing that they could have possibly done. Mm-hmm. It is what Marvel films have been trying to do for so long, and with their interconnected mm. stories, is all I'll mm-hmm. say. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think that uh, it, for the most part, hits all the right notes, even if some characters make some incredibly dumb decisions yes. that don't make any sense. Right towards uh, the end, it the starts to be a bit yeah. shaky. But at the same time, it's fun, and I and I never wanted anything less than fun from that. So mm-hmm. great, great story, great graphics, great gameplay. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's really sort of like hampering my experience with it, and I know it's such a nitpick sort of thing is you know those clashes at the very beginning when the level I was just say we talked about this go, last week there. and you go shoulder to shoulder I just think it's so boring it is so mm-hmm. boring those things there where I'm just like I don't feel engaged at all so that when the battle actually kicks off I don't feel like I'm actually spiting my opponent mm. by defeating them I just feel like oh we're having a bit of a Barney it's like, more like because um, they're not in the invasions I, invasions I'm still kind of met on yeah, like it's yeah. just it's kind of like some of the modifiers where it's oh now you're in darkness or now there's acid pools on yeah, the floor it's it like, just feels like, it, it feels like it's gimmicky for the sake of being gimmicky but mm. I feel like what we're actually seeing is that it's Mortal Kombat is becoming the the story man's uh, fighting game like mm. it is a story with fighting elements and that mm. is completely fine because if they keep expanding this out and turn it effectively into an RPG with fighting things, that's what um, uh, the Sub Zero spin-off and Shadow oh, was was trying to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They, yeah. They're they're going back to that idea and they're basically doing it right. So mm-hmm. yeah, thumbs up. I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, it's my thing is I absolutely I effing loved my time with it. I was giddy for most of the story. The very, very, very end yeah, I thought was yeah. way too cut short, and it feels like something was deleted. I actually asked Ed Boon about that um, as well, which is another thing. There's a, to me, there was a specific character and a specific thing they were building to that they pulled right back from at the very yep. end. He says they didn't uh, in terms of that wasn't the plan, and I was like, maybe that's just me, and I'm reading into it. I guess it's a spoiler to mention them, but to me, they're seated throughout the whole story. It and is then it's funny, isn't it, when you've got moments like that where like plot holes or unexplored plot threads threads you, when it's a video game you think it's cut content like of course mm. the developer thought about that but we have to accept this sometimes but sometimes they're just stories just aren't written well <laughs> sometimes yeah. they don't they, they don't have like the connected tissue there because somebody just didn't think of it like, well, the thing is like there's a lot of like the, the switch version is like ridiculous oh, at the minute. Bad. that thing it's is bad, bad. Yeah, the yeah, faces yeah. look terrible it's, just, it's not worth they, the full they price shouldn't, not, you know. they shouldn't have released it I, no. I genuinely think that there are some games that you should just be like look let's cut our losses we're not going to do it like, sometimes it's, it's worse them. for us it's worse for Mortal Kombat as a whole to have mm-hmm. this amount of negative press than actually releasing a substandard substandard game definitely and it's like you, you're Mortal Kombat you're Warner Brothers you could have easily just staggered this thing have it on main consoles yeah. first and switch for Christmas or something or on the switch too which apparently is right apparently the corner. Yeah. that would definitely would have freed a lot of stuff up but it's weird with the development of um, uh, MK1 that it, it kind of overlapped with Injustice 3 there's another thing that I asked him about and he just, obviously he was like I can't talk about it but um, in terms of some of the some of that stuff but like according to Jeff Grubb in 2021 they were making Injustice 3 and then they pivoted back to Mortal Kombat because mm. of all the weird acquisitional stuff that was happening with Warner mm-hmm. Brothers and mm-hmm. AT&T and everything thing and so i think that's kind of why parts of mk1 are a little bit patchy like the very end of the story feels like it cuts to a, the final scene rather than having yeah. it finish yeah um, and it's like things like some of the subtitles are missing in some of the characters and like the intro dialogue that you mentioned the clashes like mm-hmm. things that would be extra maybe polish but it's also polished. like yeah yeah, yeah things polished. that you could cut out if you were trying to you know hit a deadline because it's like even the victories when you win a match they're all from the same camera angle like whereas in mk11 that, yeah. Yeah. they would shoot characters differently and have things like that so once you start i mean it's applying that lens but once you start looking through that lens it does 
not look rushed, but you can see the corners that were cut. If you yeah. want to say they were corners cut um, to get it over the finish line. Um, and But yeah, for me, I'm still loving playing it and I've loved my time with it. It's just the, the invasion mode is the supplementary single player thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really liking it. I just think you walk so slowly between stuff. Yeah. If you lose on the tower, you go back to the start and you could be yeah, 10 that, floors up. That's a good one, like, isn't it? I just, like, there's, like you say, it's just a little lack of polish and um, yeah. the, the respect for the player's time. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fighting games, Richard says, are we an analog stick or D-pad kind of player when it comes to fighting games? Oh, D- a D-pad. D-pad like, all the I, way. I, I, I find it so bizarre when I see people using analog stick stuff. Like, But weirdly, I understand arcade sticks because mm. they make more sense because of the, the the height of the stick itself means that you can get a better grip on it. Mm-hmm. But when I see art, like analog stick people doing, I'm like, I don't have the range of um, precise motion to make sure that my down isn't counted as a backwards down, if you know yes, what I mean. Like, exactly. like, I'm always yeah. worried that I'm just going to go, oh, now I'm crouching instead of actually like doing this. <laughs> That's always my thing with, yeah, with analog sticks is that where's the overlap in like, when does mm. down become one of the diagonals? Um, and plus, like most of the move lists on screen are, are made for D-pad directions anyway. It's true. Yeah. But I don't know if it's just because of how we came up. Like we came up on, we, we predate analog sticks, like yes, in terms yeah. of how long we've yeah. been doing this. <laughs> so it's like, it's, but yeah, I've always, um, I've been D-pad for fighting stuff. Um, John Stamblick says, question for the UBP, Digimon or Pokemon? Obviously, Digimon's a far superior as they char- have better character development, hence why it's the better choice. Apparently. That, is this a troll question? Digimon and has maybe, the better character development. I mean... As far as de- character development goes, apparently. So so character development is one thing, but name me <laughs> a person who doesn't love Ash Ketchum. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. I'd say that it like, doesn't need to have significant character arcs. And I would even, say Pikachu's got like a character as well. He's a, he's a sassy little boy. Yeah, exactly. Plus, actually, I'm just thinking about Ash's journey. Like, he mm. f- stumbled forwards throughout most of his career and then eventually wins anyway. So at the end of the day, he does have a character art that is actually pretty satisfying. That's it's true. Not, it, it's like the one piece of Pokemon. Like, it's just was, like, keep going. True. Um, Can you name any Digimon? I actually don't know any of them right now. Uh, I, I tried watching Digimon, but I was too heavy into Pokemon. It didn't stick. Do you know what? I, I, I didn't get on board with Digimon because I always thought that while the um, animation for the kids' TV show was cool... Mm-hmm. The actual like video games and all of the like cards and stuff like that that would be around it, or like the little like toys, they all just looked so gangly and weird. It looked like <laughs> your thirteen-year-old brother had designed half of them because they were just so full of like edge lord. Like, oh, I'm gonna put chains on this person for no reason. Or, I'm right. gonna have like a, like he's got like <clears throat> um uh, like a like a high collar that hides his dark face. This is because so it's funny. Like, you, it's like you've literally just the, the, I think it was Angel Mon, Angel Mon. It's like a little puffball, right? And it turns into like a um. Like a, like a giant angel as like its final <laughs> form, and I'm like those. No, that's not how we. What? <laughs> <laughs> My thing is, as you were describing that, I was trying to remember. There's a thing. I don't know what you call the main orange dinosaur Pokemon. That, uh, there was like a, a, a gnome Chomsky. Let's just call sure, it that. Yeah, <laughs> Chompmon. And, yeah, um, Chompmon. He when he goes because they can. That's, I'm, I'm, I know this is annoying the Digimon fans, but when this like goes in a certain when he goes in a certain direction, he becomes like a real like a bone uh, chain. Yeah, bonosaur. Bonosaur. I remember bone, him. Bone, yeah, bone yeah. And uh, I loved that design as a kid. Like you're talking about like the 13 year old edge, yeah, edge lord. That's me. Yeah, like, I yeah, love because, that. Because I mean, but it's taking a classic staple. It's a T Rex with a skull hat on. Yeah. It's just Marowak on steroids. <laughs> like I under, like I understand that that's cool, but there are other ones where it's just like they're mutating into some sort of like absolutely freakish thing that you're just like that is not cute I don't like this put it away <laughs> I tell you what I always have a rule with Pokemon um, humanoid Pokemon a human uh, Pokemon that can walk on two yeah. legs get them the hell away from me I don't want a yeah. Pokemon walking up next to me that doesn't talk and just looks at me and sort of just says its name it's, at me it's, it's freakish weird. man because yeah. you just they're like okay so 
if you are evolving in this form into like a humanoid creature and we're accepting this is, mm-hmm. it's like, shouldn't we be giving you rights? Because obviously, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like at one you point- You can walk if, to work, if, you if can have dis- rights. If the distinction between like animal and human is getting so uh, like paper thin, mm-hmm. maybe we should be having a discussion about Pokemon rights. You know what, you know what yeah, I'm like saying? They can, they can have a comp. You can listen. They'll, you can talk to them and they understand you and they just can't commute back or whatever. But some of them could probably write you a note. It, it reminds me of like the Dragon's Dogma thing because obviously Dragon's Dogma 2 just got like announcements uh, the Capcom thing. The mm-hmm. pawns are back again. Now the pawns right. are those little um like they're they're they are described in the game as humanoid in appearance but have absolutely zero brain and right. can do whatever you tell them to do, right? That is so creepy and weird <laughs> that I feel very uncomfortable. It is the one thing about Dragon's Dogma that makes me feel it gives me the ick to use yeah. the uh, the common expression. Because it's like this is one step away from abject human suffering. Yes. I don't like the fact that you can just tell this uh, person to do whatever and he ha- they have to do it. It's like an also, AI person. You sit them down in a chair and tell them to shut up and they will speak less. <laughs> None of this seems okay. This is, like, not- this is not cool. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Cool. No, they're pretty much the the ache, the feeling that I get from the humanoid Pokemon. There's one of the new ones that's like a big red looks 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 like a person in a onesie. Like it's just right. sort of like looks like a person coming at you. But yeah, the pawns are weird because I'm like, what do you guys think or feel or do? We're not, they're not allowed to. They're not. No. They're, 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 they're so odd. I don't like this. I don't like it. So <laughs> There's so many of them just coming at you. Um, question from it's me, Poolsy Hey, who says, do you guys believe you can play a game too much? For example, I have 700 hours in Fallout 4, and I'll probably end up doing 700 more. Is there a game that you've put too much? time into uh yeah there is actually like sometimes i feel like i i play a game and i'll get <clears> to like the 100 hour mark <throat> and a little switch will flick in my brain and it will immediately see the gameplay loop as in it will go oh i'm i'm doing this to fight a boss to get better stuff to fight bigger, bigger right. bosses to get better stuff to do that and as soon as i become aware of that my enjoyment goes downhill Massively. because it, it's usually just like <coughs> when i know when i know i when i know i'm the rat on the wheel Mm-hmm. or going through the maze, it's not fun anymore. No. But when you are just questing for cheese, as it were, Gromit, it's fine. That's <laughs> absolutely fine. Because yes. you're not aware of it. I remember reading about, and I'm going to forget his first name, but the surname is Shabilsky. There was a, um, I read all about, it was like this dude did a whole thing about gameplay loops. And obviously we talk about them all the time now. It's way more of a common parlance thing. But I'm going back about 10, 12, 15 years. Um, and obviously they would have existed before then as well. But in terms mm-hmm. of a conversation on them, an academic sort of investigation into them, um, realizing that obviously like where um, enjoyment comes from for video games and how you can have multiple loops at the same time and then sometimes yep. when they converge um, that can be the best part of the game and things but like you said so many games now only um, front load those loops and make it a they showcase you like oh here's the loot you're gonna get look how shiny yeah. it is go yeah. do these five missions you've done three out of five whatever and they, they showcase the loop thing and some games have become really popular for doing that but some of the best games have that in the background where you don't realize what which wheels you're on until you know that like you arc around that loop and it comes back together again yeah and it's like i like a, i guess i like a mix of the two but i would prefer not knowing which loop i'm on but like you said sometimes you just realize like oh this is this is the game like i always find that when i'm yeah. playing something i'm almost a sense of be looking for the loops or i end up realizing yeah. them and then once you've realized it either a story will propel me through or i it's it's easier to put something down or it's easier to move on because I've, I've quote unquote seen all it's going to give me I tell you the game that I realized very hard that it was just like, oh, I've sunk a load of hours in mm-hmm. and I'm never going to 100% it. So I feel like I'm at a lost cause, like sunk sunk mm. cost fallacy mm-hmm. when it was um, Gears of War 2, when they brought right. out the um, seriously 2.0 achievement was obviously mm-hmm. bundled with a game. Oh, God, and I, yeah. was, I wasn't looking at the achievements for absolutely ages. I just played through the storyline, had a great time, did it co-op, had like, uh, like parties over. We played lots of online games and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a, had a brilliant time. And then I was like, oh, well, I've actually progressed a few of my skills up to like Onyx level or whatever it was mm-hmm. back in the day. And I was like, oh, I'll go and have a look and see where I am on this. And I was like, oh, I'm so far away <laughs> from ever achieving this seriously 2.0 achievement mm-hmm. that I've already sunk like 80 hours into this playing it online. It's and like the I, bottom falls out because like, well, I'm never yeah. going to get there. And I was like, I, and I'm <clears> here. I'm like, I'm 15% of the way towards it. I'm mm-hmm. going to need to spend another like so much time. I was like, oh, now it's not fun. It's not I fun anymore. I remember having my realization with that. It was with collectibles and it was GTA 4. 
It was, oh, um, the it was the pigeons because oh, it was man. just, I was just like, I'm, ne- I'm never going to do this. I'm never just going to comb the environment and find them. And I let go of a part of myself then because it was like, I was trying to 100% everything. I was mm-hmm. trying to see everything. And with GTA 4, it was like, I'm just never going to do this. And I remember that with um, Assassin's Creed 1 as well with the flags, where uh, I did all of the flags in the first area. And then it was like, right, now go do them again. There's 50 and more. Like, no, and no. I was just like, no, nah, I'm just not going to do it. And I, yeah. just, I just let go of that. And so it's like, there has to be like a propulsive element to it um, to keep you going. For me, I've realized it's story. Like, unless it, the mechanics are flawless, story it is freeing actually once you realize that you don't have to do all the collectible yeah. style stuff like i know that there's people probably out there with like their ocd mentality of like oh i want to go to do all this to have like a clean map as it, it can were. definitely be satisfying and, I, and yeah. I understand that don't get me wrong but it's like even with a game like bomb rush cyberpunk like i've really enjoyed that game mm. and i've gone through a few areas and found all of the graffiti tags in there but there's a few of them like no, I didn't actually enjoy that level that much. So I'm mm. not going to bother going around and wasting all my time just doing that. So it's like <laughs> I've seen and gotten everything I want to out of this game. Anything more feels like it's just like overindulgence and I will walk away with less of an impressive experience. Because mm-hmm. tidying up and doing all the busy work after a main story finishes, it, is it, can, be up. The, it can be the best if it's like optional super bosses and all the yes. crazy stuff like that. But it can be so boring when it goes hey look we're gonna let you back into the world now you've completed the main game mm-hmm. and look, just go pick up all the stuff it's like, it's, uh. yeah it actually almost is like tidying up and I, I love if you get like the end game of like a metroidvania especially metroid dread you've got all yeah. your powers like yeah. some games do that god of war is phenomenal at it at the end of ragnarok um then the 2018 one as well but yeah in terms of like can you play a game too much not if you're enjoying it i think if you're yeah. still loving it no play as much as you want um it depends if you're it's one of those things where if you get in that mindset where like you said jules like you're aware of like the gameplay loop i'm just doing this for the sake of I'm not am yeah. I, is my soul satisfied probably yeah, yeah. no maybe go find something well, else at that point it's a case of like um if because I played Halo 2 to death when it yeah, came same. out because it was like the first game that I had Xbox Live for and me and my mate Liam we played it religiously like every single chance that we could and I would argue that we played like so much of that game that it would be to many people like too much but mm. if you were to tell me right here right now hey look we can go get that setup again and play it of course I'm going to jump back in so right. I think as Scott said, if you're enjoying it and always having a good time, fantastic. But uh, even though I was doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> My thing is I realized this, yeah, because I played so much Final Fantasy in a row yeah. that I just cannot get enough of good stories and good turn-based combat. That's, I realized mm. that's my perfect mesh, um, which is what Sea of Stars doesn't have because that game's story is nothing. And Are I'm just you like, uh, excited for Like a Dragon then? Because obviously that... Uh, the new expansion. I don't know. Is um, that one turn based? I don't know if um, the new one is. It's, it's not. It's not technically. Is it? Well, is it turn based? Because they they made a big gameplay feature. They released a storyline yeah. one and a gameplay one. I'm now so like you could, you can move your character around before they enact their action, right. which apparently was a big complaint you had of the previous. Game yeah, yeah. My thing was like, animation. and my th- yeah, my thing in uh, like uh, Yakuza Seven, Yakuza like a dragon when they brought in um, Ichiban Kazuga was like you could pick a move, but then one of the NPCs because you're just fighting in the street would just yeah. walk in front of you and it would just kind it out and you would like you would hit against them and i'll be like well this is terrible i want to commit to the move apparently um, now that is fixed right okay forward. that's cool because um yeah yakuza is one of my favorite and also like a dragon one of my favorite franchises but at the minute i've not finished uh like a dragon Ishin from earlier this year got you so um, i'm 80 hours behind and the next one's about to come out as well so <laughs> i'm like oh right. god <laughs> or whatever um but yeah if you're enjoying yourself you keep going um a question from g malave who says uh, why do the collector's editions of games like spider-man 2 for the ps5 or god of war ragnarok come discless with only a display case shouldn't we be getting all if it's included in the collector's edition yes if it is, is indeed a, the collector's edition it's a very good uh, um good shout because mm-hmm. I, i'm always perplexed as to why it's like 
you've bought a game that doesn't have a game, but you've got a digital <laughs> copy of the game. Like, mm-hmm. you are surely proving to the publisher beyond all shadow of a doubt that you are the biggest fan, that you mm-hmm. are pre-ordering something that is so monumental in price, size, scope, whatever, that you should be by like, gratis given <laughs> the actual game on a disc. It seems so bizarre. I don't know so if it's bizarre. like... I don't know. I don't know if it's because are they working on it up until day one and then when the statues get made, the collectibles get made, that's so far in advance because of manufacturing cycles, like your physical products being turned around versus the reality of game dev where they want to work up until the day before to put a day one patch out and they I just mean, need to stagger it. They can't give you the, the, the crap version, essentially, that's still being worked on. It's it's very likely that they are doing <clears> that, but it's just such a bizarre thing because they also <clears> ship uh, like full copy, retail copies of the game anyway. So yeah, what, it would, yeah. what it would actually be is just a case of even if they just said like look uh, you order the collector's edition uh, you get the digital code early uh, but when this thing is shipped you'll receive it slightly later and it will mm. have the physical release in because then we're just picking up a disc off of the final gold printed run to put in like it, that, plus you that's could, a fairly decent compromise I guess yeah plus you could do like a two step launch thing like you have your launch day collector's edition that comes with a digital code and then they literally say up front like hey we're going to do these gold minted fancy discs whatever fancy disc version that, uh, disc yeah. that you get yeah. and they just give you that separately it's a separate deliverable date like a month later or something, but at least you're playing the game at launch. Yes, yeah, so strange. Such a weird yeah, move, isn't it? For it is a big gap. Um, Mouse Hands says they hope Josh is doing well. Same, I'm sure he's yeah, doing same. pretty well. He should be back soon enough. Um, in a recent interview with Ed Boon, not my one, said he wanted every Mortal Kombat character to be played by a celebrity. If this happened, what celebrity would you match with? What fighter? Andy Circus as mocap would be amazing. That's oh, that would actually perfect. be brilliant. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> such a strange one, isn't it? Because they um, obviously Ronda Rousey was in uh, the prior game, and then we had yeah. uh, uh, what's it? What's her name? Megan uh, Fox, Megan Fox in, in this one. And it's like we are not getting great feedback Ed, about how the quality of these voiceover lines because I have asked there, was, about that. there was actually a um a youtube creator who uh did a ai generated um match exchanges right and they and they sounded better it fed <laughs> all of her lines into it and it sounded better than she oh, does God. and it's like i i feel i feel sorry for them i yes. really do because it isn't their wheelhouse much more so with uh, Megan Fox because of the fact that she actually is an actress and so mm-hmm. should be able to deliver a good line here and there. But it is a bit alarming that these voiceover lines just feel like they're just doing the hey, 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 well, the press the clown, hey, hey, yeah. I'm Calculon, one take sort of thing. Like, Yeah, I saw that she doesn't actually, I thought she was doing the barks and the grunts and, the, and everything. Yeah, She's not. No. There's a separate voice actor that does all Which, of the screams. Which is just like the, the only part that's emotive mm-hmm. is done by someone else. And it's um, like, yeah, the story stuff is so flat. So I, I guess like so, who are we picking an already existing Mortal Kombat character and getting them revoiced? Yes, because because okay. part of I think part of this was that he'd said yeah he wants everybody uh, like he had a dream that one day they would do a Mortal Kombat where they were all played by different character uh, different right. actors because he said that obviously Johnny Cage was inspired by Jean Claude Van Damme anyway because yeah. MK came from a Jean Claude Van Damme game that didn't come out um, and so people said that Keanu Reeves should be Kenshi because there's a there's a really good piece of artwork like a bit of fan art from years ago I think Boss Logic did it of Keanu Reeves as Kenshi. Now, um, unfo- yeah. the thing is, is that like um, Keanu Reeves always, even as Johnny Silverhand, has that sort of Californian surfer twang. Mm. Like there's always a bit like, whoa, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, man. Like, hey, I can see ghosts and stuff. Like that, yeah. that isn't whoa. like, I don't think that that is uh, the, a good fit for him personally. <laughs> uh, he had that little run, you know, after The Matrix where he did that samurai movie. He sort of did like, I'm the, I'm the low samurai kind of dude for a while. Yeah. And then like now he's just John Wick, which is like, he's not... John Wick's not a surfer bro, but he is quite like down tuned and like if, if there's I comedy, know, it's I deadpan. Know, but, there, like, but, there's, yeah. oh, but there's still those inflections. 
lines that always yes. come through that is just a bit like, is this a bit too lighthearted for, uh, <laughs> for where we're at? It's, it's a tough one because I'm, I'm thinking like, do you pick somebody who has uh, brand recognition, uh, mm. but maybe not the most recognizable voice? Or mm-hmm. do you go for somebody who has an incredibly recognizable voice like i know that he's uh passed recently but like gilbert gottfrey has the most like you know iago the parrot that would be hilarious to have like have as a, uh the collector <laughs> that's a great show nah, i was thinking I, like because because well he's only because because it's got like an alien style yeah. thing and he's got the weedy body that would work for that but then he'd maybe be great be... as the collector though like like i know the, the collector in mk is more like um, i'm sinister. tearing you yeah, like, <laughs> you want to buy some of these wares? I think oh, um, I was going to go like down the meat-headed route, so I would get like The Rock oh, would be yeah. Shao Kahn, or um, like I think Rock as Shao Kahn could be really fun because I think his big belly laugh that The Rock can do would yeah. be like a more charismatic kind of. Because the version of him in MK1, like General Shao, is like quite like I don't know, like he's like quite sassy and he wants more power and like whatever. Yeah, but I was yeah, also yeah. thinking you could do like Ken Watanabe could be really a really good Chang Sung. Um, Because he's like menacing and like he's got the stature. The version of Shang Tsung that they've got now, though, um, and I always, every time I forget the dude's name, the guy that that played uh, Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat movie that they got back in in MK11. Oh, yeah, they actually got some of the original Um, uh, cast back in. he was phenomenal. Like obviously they brought yeah. him back in. He's not in MK1, but um, but the guy that they've the new Shang Tsung in MK1 is kind of channeling that performance, and he's quite a conniving. Like he is like a like a snaky kind of guy. Yeah, I love that version of Shang Tsung. The way he holds himself, the way he walks, and everything. He's got the mannerisms like perfect. Yeah, I, I'm actually just thinking to myself like I would revise it from uh, not Gilbert Gottfried, but I'd have Charlie Day play uh, <laughs> play him because I feel like the sort of like higher tone play voice with that would actually yeah would actually probably be a better version there just because be i feel cool. like he'd be able to deliver some like really kind of mad lines there right i, I kind of i always wanted like um because remember when they were casting the movie that came out a couple of years ago um i really wanted equal ways to be lukang like the dude that's in the raid oh yeah and he's yeah. in um like he's in a bunch of martial arts movies such a hard-hitting dude and um i know that they did get joe taslim to be sub-zero which was my dream casting i was yeah. like that's perfect but if you get um yeah equal um, ways to be uh, Liu Kang, then they can like fight each other or whatever. So like, I'd be going down the martial arts route, uh, martial arts celebrity route, like get Tony Jaa back or something, um, um, rather I, I than. T- I typed in, right, so, like, just, like, um, actors with iconic voices, right? Mm. And it's given me some weird ones here, like Dolly Parton. <laughs> so I was like, um, maybe yeah? not. Uh, Christopher Walken should be in this somehow. <laughs> how, Shang Tsung. Like, how can we get Christopher Walken into <laughs> Mortal Kombat? Hey, I'm gonna break your spine. Liu Kang, I, I don't know. Hey, Liu Kang, stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're hurting me. You're hurting me. If on a long enough timeline, <clears throat> if we all have to accept AI eventually, which I don't want to do, you would get all this. Ed Boon would get his dream, but they would yeah, all just be true. AI voice packs. But then you could have like Stan Lee could be in that. Stan Lee could be Sub-Zero or something. Oh, I know who I'd want to bring in, but I can't for the life of me think of what um, character he'd play. Danny Dyer. Danny <laughs> Dyer needs to be a Mortal Kombat He can be character. Kano. That's the only like English oh, wide boy yeah, character. All like, oh, right, you mug boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your art. Yeah. yeah, that works pretty damn well. Um, let's do final question as I've got a meet. We've got meetings, Jules. We've always got sure, meetings sure, sure, around, sure, sure, the, sure. around the corner around here. Um, a question from Fifi Fu who says, <laughs> with games like Horizon Forbidden West, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, God of War, Ragnarok, all being criticized for being too safe, do you think that we're expecting too much for second and third entries into series when it comes to revolutions? Do we, What do we think that Spider-Man do 
do, Spider-Man 2 can do to avoid being disappointing to some. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, mm. our level of expectations for video games is so out of whack at the moment mm -hmm. because it's like everything needs to be the biggest and the best. And uh, sequels, they do inherently sell themselves on that premise. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't think that these games are disappointing on their own merit because it's not that they don't do anything wrong. They just don't do as much new as the rebooted or revamped version did before it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to try and keep your perspectives in check when it comes to these new titles coming out i think that spider-man 2 in order to avoid disappointment as it was put mm -hmm. it's if it was just the same game right because spy uh, when miles morales came out it was like an expansion pack for that it was effectively mm -hmm. the same game with a few twists here and i absolutely loved it i love what they did to the combat like the mod modifiers holding l1 special moves were cool exactly so if mm -hmm. they just carried that forward i wouldn't be disappointed they've not mm -hmm. actually much to change or adapt to it in mm -hmm. fact i was actually going to talk to you about the recent news that came out which was that they're going to take full damage now which is interesting but you can um, turn it off and i was like uh, either yeah, commit to it or don't yeah but it was like an interesting thing to have like a sequel bring in something that is inherently a bad thing mm. you don't want to take damage from these full things and you may end up with a few rogue deaths thanks to mm -hmm. just a few mistimed like uh, button presses but i did find that interesting that it was like a sequel that added in more that gave the player less effectively i, I like because my thing is how tired is the gameplay loop how tired is the audience have we got our fill of swinging around a spider-man and, and yeah. for me like the physics of the swinging was like was really solid but not perfect i mm -hmm. always my test of a spider-man game and i started doing this back in the original spider-man 2 the movie tie-in is like climb up to the top of the empire state building or one of the tallest points in the world, jump off, wait till the last minute to swing and see if the physics can keep up with you. And then on Spider-Man yeah. 2 on PS2, they would, you would swing right through and fly off the other end. You almost broke the game, but you would fly away. In Spidey 2018 Spidey, um, that doesn't happen. They, ha they have a, a set velocity that Spider-Man can swing at at maximum speed and you fall faster than you swing through. So the physics ah, kind of okay. stop and then swing again. And so um, apparently that's been changed for the new one. Apparently they've just got a better physics model. So I'm hoping that it feels like I'm propelling a physical, a physical object through you know the, the streets I'm swimming yep, properly and if they've then put the full damage thing in there then I guess there is an, an, there's like an incentive to land properly to swing properly I, I like that but I want them to commit to that don't let me turn it off because then no. artistically you're not committing to that so like it's, it's a weird thing I think it's, it it's weird in worlds as well if you can turn it off, it means that no boss encounter or actual set piece will rely on you mastering the mechanic yeah. because you're basically just saying like, look, um, we, we, if we give you a free pass, then we ain't going to be including this mm -hmm. as a skill check. True. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like like I said, it's like how tired is the loop in the first place? Are we just getting the same thing? I, I mean, I'm one of the biggest complainers of like the safe sequel. I thought Forbidden West and uh, Ragnarok were way too safe, uh, mainly because in Ragnarok, you don't get a new weapon for but, about but 20 what, hours. What do you improve? Like, How do you take a sequel like that and change everything when you've already changed everything the first time around. I do I do empathize with uh, the video game developer being put into that situation because it's mm -hmm. like, well, do we just branch out with something completely different again and it acts as its own standalone title? Mm. It's a great idea, but man, is that risky. That's true. I mean, I think like that's just the burden of the creator. I think that's kind of just on them to prove themselves kind of thing. But if, if, if it's complete personal um, thoughts on it, then for me, I would have brought in the, uh, the, the, lop, the drop near spear a lot yeah. faster because once you get that, thing you start playing differently it's a hybrid mm. melee and ranged weapon you're thinking about encounters differently like maybe um, you start with kratos being stripped of his original weapons and having to use that one first maybe because it just meant that you were like because you started ragnarok with everything that you end the original with you're doing yeah. the same combos you do get new moves but like you're still the guts of it feel really similar and i get that their big pivot is atreus but for me that's just another sony first party bow guy he plays yeah. the same as ellie aloy I, jin sakai 
I tell you what, though, I'm very glad that they did that in the sequel where they allowed you to keep all of your progress and items and stats, or like your, at least your basic move sets coming mm. uh, across. Because I hate it when games do the power reset. Um, it's like a real Nintendo yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just go like, oh, yeah, like you've uh, got to the sequel and you're right back at the start again. You've forgotten <laughs> everything you learned the first time around. It's mm-hmm. like when it, it especially stings when it's um, to do with Samus from the Metroid games. Yes. It's like how the suit do- malfunctioned again. Yeah, it's just like get better suits for a start. And also, <laughs> man, just try and remember member a few of these moves yes especially in the metro dread where it's the, it's the end of that timeline so far and she's done everything she's beaten like mother brain and everything but then yeah the suit just clicks a bit and she's forgot she's amnesia or whatever it is to get it's rid like, of everything i forgot and how to uh, to roll up into a ball <laughs> how do i double jump like what am i yeah, doing i again? know right it's a weird thing but um yeah overall a massive thank you to everybody for sending in your various questions we've got plenty more to get to we'll try and do a rollover next week if jules is free but we'll see if not i'll find a guest star to slot in instead for now this has been the entitled Banner podcast the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. UBP. I've been Scott Tilford. That's been Jules Gill. I have indeed. (laughs) Massive thank you once again and we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.